welcome to this episode of the This Is Believeland Real Browns Fans Podcast. I am your host, James Mistrucci. Of course, I am joined by my co-host, Jordan Cohen. Jordan, I wish we would be talking on much better terms, but for the gazillionth time, the Browns lost uh, in week one. Yeah, and like, I, just to go back to what we said on the last podcast, right? Like, I... I did not expect us to win. I actually think we played better than I expected us to play. I still stand by my hot takes in the last episode. I mm-hmm. think it may be even more so. Um, what I will say is I think this game did expose just the reality. And this isn't something you and I are particularly surprised about, but I think there were a lot of people on Twitter that I've noticed like, fairly big accounts that Mm -hmm. I think now may be realizing the Browns are a very, very good team. Mm -hmm. Uh, More than likely a top five team in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. But they aren't at the Chiefs or Buccaneers level yet. And that's okay. That's okay. It's week one. Yeah, it is week one. That is okay. Uh, And before we get too far into it, uh, just a reminder, subscribe, Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, it's also available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, thisisbelieveland.com, and realbrownsfans.com. Like, subscribe, share, comment. If you don't, it's stealing. That's not cool. But anyways, so. I'm going to laugh every time you say that. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, so like we both said, uh, we didn't expect the Browns to win this game. Uh, coming into this game. Uh, the game went better than I expected because I thought this was going to be similar to week one last year where the Browns lost by a very large margin, but for a different reason. Uh, I thought it was going to be because the defense had so many new moving pieces and parts and guys haven't played together. You're, we saw a lot of you know faces I didn't expect to see of you know I, coming into the game. I think even though Malik McDowell has been like the darling of preseason, I didn't expect him to play as much as he did. Same goes for Tack McKinley. Or as good as he played. Like, yeah. I got to give the guy credit. Like, I, I still am doubtful he stays kind of like out of trouble the whole year. Um, but he played much better than I thought he was going to play. Yeah, I'll absolutely agree with that. He's actually uh, landed into the starting lineup on the unofficial depth well, chart. He, so congratulations yeah, I mean, to okay, that. Let's let like let's take a step back for a second. Like he was competing with like a four hundred pound dude who like it's still unclear to me why he made the team. Um, but yes, he is now a starter. So good for Malik McDowell. And, and to be fair, for Andrew Billings, uh, there may be games where he is useful. Uh, a game against the Chiefs and how fast they are is not one of them. Um, yes. He had no use and no purpose in that game, honestly. Uh, I'm just going to be blunt there. But yeah. uh, what are some positives you took away? I mean, they, they lost. That sucks. But what are some positives that you took away from this game? Because I, I had a couple. Uh, you know, even though it seems like most of uh, my observations uh, article I posted on thisisbelieving.com focused on some negative things. But um, what were some positives that you saw? Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like, I guess because you and I talked about it both before and after, I did not read your article as being, like, super negative, um, but generally speaking, like, I think there were more positives than negatives, and I, I am going to say this now only because, and James, you know this, because I think I messaged you probably easily in the past, I don't know, two days, 400 times about how all these tweets saying Kevin Stefanski 
lost the Browns the game or, or variants of that make me literally want to take a screwdriver into my head. Like, <laughs> okay, did he have a perfect fourth quarter? No. Kevin Stefanski also really even through the third quarter, uh, but especially in the first half, coached a brilliant game. Like mm-hmm. some of the stuff he was doing, like on, I mean, all last year and all preseason when they ran the play action boot, it was a two read play, yeah. right? It was either the guy cutting across mm-hmm. or the guy down the seam. Um, and it was always towards Baker's side. Mm-hmm. And what's the first boot they run towards Baker's side? And you're like, okay, I think it actually worked, but it was like, okay, Chiefs are going to figure this out. Yeah. What's the second they run? Opposite side of the field. What's the third they run? Opposite side of the field. What's the fourth they run? Opposite side of the field. Because what Stefanski realized is that, listen, Baker, like, that's a hard throw. And it's not a throw Baker's particularly good at. But it doesn't matter because Anthony Schwartz is so fast mm-hmm. that – like just having the threat of that and it didn't do much this week but like in future weeks that's going to free up Jarvis Landry right yeah. because Schwartz is going to be able to run that so fast that Baker could throw a ball that's like a five out of ten mm-hmm. and Schwartz has a good chance of catching it and the fact that Schwartz can like catch a ball um that was exciting so that's positive number two but uh going back to positive number one like Stefanski just I thought did like he Listen, he won coach of the year for a reason. Yes. I think, on the whole, he was a better coach than Andy Reid. Andy Reid won the game last night, or two nights ago, not because he coached better, because but he had better talent, and with that talent, he still coached an outstanding game. I'm not saying Andy Reid coached poorly. Andy Reid's performance in week one was probably better than easily half the coaches, maybe more that will have all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought Stefanski was that good. Yeah, he messed up in the fourth quarter. We can get into that a little bit. But I just, to me, like, Stefanski, like, not being fool's gold seems pretty cool. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So number two is Schwartz. And I'll just wrap it up with kind of my third, which is, and I'm going to actually let you get into this a little bit more because you talked about it in your article. But Mm -hmm. for as many points as the Browns gave up, I was actually fairly excited about the way the defense looked like and like there's promise there mm-hmm. there's promise there so i'll let you get in your positives now because you talked about that in your article so it's a decent transition yeah so uh, a positive i did mention is that they surprisingly slowed the chiefs down uh in the first half and surprisingly for a, a number of reasons again i already mentioned them a whole bunch of new pieces on offense a whole bunch of new f- just new faces, new ways incorporating guys. Uh, you know, <clears throat> JOK was making his first career, you know, uh, it's not even start, just appearance in, in an NFL game. Uh, then you also had the same first career start for Greg Newsom. Then you're adding in Troy Hill and John Johnson. And at some point, uh, you know, there's a whole Ronnie Harrison thing, which I guess we can get to a little bit later. But they were somehow able to slow down the Chiefs where – that's really the goal when playing them because you're not going to stop them. It's just slowing them down and making them have to work for it, and that's essentially what they did. They played a ton of zone defense, and yeah, uh, Tyreek Hill had an incredible game from a number standpoint, and a lot of his yards came on uh, one particular play, but he was going to get his his catches and yards regardless. Same for Travis Kelsey, but the fact that it wasn't like four catches for Tyreek Hill and that much yards, and it was 11 for almost 200 yards, I think is uh, a very key aspect to the way that they defended the Chiefs because, again... Let's Denzel Ward 
Yeah. Like, he, I, I don't care. I know, like, I, I saw somebody going at him today, like, his numbers are bad because Tyreek Hill had so many catches. I, I don't care what you say. Mm-hmm. Like, James, you just pointed it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he got that on 11 catches. Yeah. Like, Denzel Ward did his job. I'm sorry. Denzel Ward's job was not to prevent Tyreek Hill from getting catches. It was to prevent him from getting yards. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he did that. With the exception of, of one play, the defense pretty much did that. Uh, yep. Because, I, again, you know, 10 catches for 120 yards is still 12 yards a catch. But, uh, you know, just removing that 75-yard catch that he had from there makes uh, quite a bit of difference in the overall number standpoint for Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. But it, but it was about not just, like you just said, it was about getting, you know, preventing yards. And for the most part, they did it. It was about making him work for those. It, you're, you're fine with the catches. It's just you don't want those catches to go from 10 or 12 yards to 70 yards. Because a lot of times Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs will do that. Uh, you know, right. even even Travis Kelsey will do that from time to time, too. Where he'll have just, right. you know, four catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. And you're like, what the hell happened? They made him work. Yeah. So it, it, they did. It, in, that, that's what you have to do. You have to make them work. Because if you don't make them work, you'll get destroyed. And yep. unfortunately, that's what happened in the second half. But the first half, they were very surprising. Uh, I was like, what is happening watching this? Watching this. <laughs> like, what is this defense? Um, yeah. You know, I, I knew that it, it probably wouldn't last, and it didn't. But it, just to see them show something that made them have to adjust and made them have to, I, I guess, maybe uh, play in a way they weren't necessarily prepared for or found themselves having to have a little bit more of a difficult time than they expected. That was encouraging to see. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree completely. I think that, and honestly, like even the yards and points total for going up against Kansas city with a fully healthy Pat Mahomes. Mm -hmm. I mean, even given the entirety of a game, I, I could be much more disappointed. I mean, there's a world where like, I don't know, and I'm not saying he didn't coach a good game. I, I don't know how much it was coaching versus just an influx of talent. Mm-hmm. But Joe Woods' defense looked improved. Yeah. Like, pretty substantially so, actually. I mean, people forget, but, like, last year, if Mahomes isn't hurt going into the game and doesn't get hurt in the game, the Chiefs probably put 50 on us. Mm-hmm. And they were never close to that. Yeah, I, I... And, you know, we have to see what the defensive scheme looks like moving forward because, I mean, I imagine this is a very specific scheme tailored to facing the Chiefs. Yep, so, I'll cover two. Uh, I, I imagine they will have a different defensive scheme when they face the Texans this week uh, for multiple reasons, one of them being that, you know, uh, the Texans are obviously not as good as the Chiefs, the other being uh, Tyrod Taylor is captain checkdown. So they're not going to have to worry about getting burned over the top because he pretty much never throws over the top. Yeah, but Hugh, so one, and we'll talk about this on the pregame, but um, one thing I am scared about with Houston, and we saw this a little bit with, like, the Browns did a good job of stopping Tyree Kill from doing this, but the Chiefs got this in other ways, mm-hmm. is the Texans just get yards after the catch. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously it'll be a different scheme. I'm not super worried, but, like, Captain checkdown's okay if you have fast receivers. And, like, the Texans don't have much talent, but one thing they do have is fast receivers. Yeah, and um, we will get into that on the, the preview yeah. pod later this yeah. week. So not, yeah, to, not to get too far into that. But 
Yeah. Uh, that was more just a, a comparative standpoint for for Absolutely. defense. Um, one thing, uh, another thing, I was encouraged to see. Uh, I'm just basically going down uh, my notes here, which yeah, was yeah, the uh, which was the uh, uh, my observation article, and that was the wide receiver snaps. Um, this was a positive for me because uh, one, uh, I don't mean to take a victory lap, but I'm gonna take a victory lap. Rashard Higgins played four snaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, Jarvis Landry, D- Donald Peoples Jones played eighty and eighty, or eighty-six and eighty percent of the snaps respectively. Anthony Schwartz being the third receiver because they drafted a speed guy to be the third receiver because it makes sense to stretch the defense. Um, again, it, it is one game, but it, it unfolded exactly how I thought it was going to. And this was a game without Odell Beckham Jr. So uh, just real, real quick question for uh, the Higgins Hive out there. I saw you quote tweeted one of them uh, during the game. But, I, I, I did uh, a few of <laughs> them. Uh, where does he get any snaps when Beckham is here? Because he only saw four without Beckham. So okay, James, I'm going to be honest with you here for a second. Like, listen, we may just be idiots. Like, we may not understand football. But I'm like... Let's be clear who does understand football, right? Um, 31 NFL head coaches and GMs, mm-hmm. I have to imagine there's a good chunk of them that are smarter than people on Brown's Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hell, PFF, I think, probably has people that are substantially smarter about football than people on Brown's Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, every one of these places, I mean, they have a few things in common, I'm sure, but they all have one thing in common. And it's that none of them rate Rashard Higgins. Mm-hmm. Um, and point number two, they all rate Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason why. I'm just going to read a stat. I sent this to you. It's from DT, I think, Kikwabala on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Jarvis Landry was targeted five times against the Chiefs. He caught all five balls. Mm-hmm. That made for 111th straight game with multiple catches. Since 1950, only Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, and Antonio Brown have had longer streaks. So here's the thing. I know, and, and I mean, like, it, I, 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 we all know who they are, right? Yeah. We all know who these people are on Brown's Twitter. It's not like randos, like it's big name, big-ish names on Brown's Twitter. Um, we, we know who they are. This idea that Rashard Higgins is even a quarter of the receivers, Jarvis Landry, like, you want to talk another positive? Jarvis Landry looked fucking great. Mm-hmm. He, he did. Looked, he looked, honestly, like, he looks 100% healed, mm-hmm. um, which is a terrifying prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashard Higgins is, again, I I am doubling down on this. I think the reason he made the roster over Darrell Hodge was a chemistry thing. I think they wanted to keep Baker happy. Um, and I think if they were decided they had to cut both, you might as well, and neither's going to play much. Mm-hmm. You keep the guy who's Baker's friend. Yeah. Uh, Richard Higgins is not getting one snap if Odell's healthy. Like, he's not. Because guess what? Like, after Schwartz, then you have DPJ. Mm-hmm. And then you have your tight ends. And, like, Najoku didn't play good but what he did is what they would also have higgins doing if higgins played and mm-hmm. i'd rather have the joku doing it and, and, and while you're saying that uh real quick on the njoku and joku thing um a, a lot of people were, were praising njoku you know it, he had some good 
counting numbers. Okay, he made a couple good catches. I'll give him credit. However, the number, the catches, and the yards that he got would have been Beckham's on Sunday. Yep. If 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 Beckham was in the game, okay. Yep. Because that's essentially what they had him. They had him playing that role. And uh, you know, you look at the routes he ran. You look at where he was in the field. That's what they want Beckham to do. Okay. And speaking of that, real quick, I know a lot of people were disappointed in the only one target for Jonathan Peoples Jones. Um, they had him doing what. He was playing the X receiver. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you want out of the, the X receiver. That's I love Donovan Peoples-Jones. Great story. He's still a, a work in progress. He's not Odell Beckham. Okay. And it was also game plan, right? Yeah. Like, wh- where are the Chiefs going to be weakest? Well, the I mean, think about it, right? Like, I, I think sometimes people do overrate, like, not overrate, but, like, I think they think what a coach does is more complex. Not that what they do is, like, easy i don't mean that Mm -hmm. at all it's incredibly difficult but like all the tape the chiefs had Mm -hmm. was not on anthony schwartz and one thing i think the browns offense did is all preseason they kind of threw up a false flag yep um and like to a certain listen i know like in the grand scheme of things did it work no we lost but like it did work a little bit right the chiefs Mm -hmm. didn't know who anthony schwartz was they certainly didn't know he could catch a ball yeah, and they may have known how fast he was, but they hadn't seen it. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think next week may have a huge game. Yeah, I think week one he was a distraction. He was the decoy. Yeah, he he was the he was the role I thought they were going to have Beckham play before they uh, made him an active prior to the game, which was just be a essentially a decoy because I thought that's what they would have had him for. I mean, he didn't play, and if he's not healthy, don't play him. Um, they could be a productive offense without him. They are better with him. And I'd rather have a healthy Beckham than rush him back, have him get hurt again. Um, yeah. But as far as, you know, uh, Peoples-Jones is concerned, he's, I mean, for what it's worth, the, the Chiefs do have some sort of actual tape on him. Um, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And, like, the Chiefs, their defense, like, people don't read the stats right, right? Like, Correct. when you look at this Chiefs defense, what do you see? Well, they give up a lot of points, and they're awful running at when they're being run at. Why is that? Well, they give up a lot of points because they take enormous leads, and then they defend and prevent defense, mm-hmm. um, which gets to point number two. Because they're defending and prevent defense most of the game, the other team's going to get a lot of yards rushing the ball, Yeah, uh, which the Chiefs are cool with. What made this game a little weird? So this game felt like the Titans game from a few years ago in the playoffs where the Chiefs played the Titans and won, but they had to come back. And like a few weeks before, I think the seri- the playoff game before that, they played the Texans and it was like the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's what this game felt like, where it yeah. was like, oh, oh, this Chiefs de- defense is actually good. Mm-hmm. We just don't see them actually play defense all that much. We see them go out in a prevent. Which is smart. Like, that's really good defensive coaching. Um, this defense is good. Like, they shut down Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mm-hmm. And they tried shutting down Jarvis Landry. It didn't work. And Schwartz burned them all game long. And honestly, like, the run game burned them. And again, I think that run defense is a lot better than numbers suggest. And the Browns, like, although you want to talk about something funny. All right. Straight up, including Chris Hubbard, who's the worst offensive lineman, in your opinion, from the game the other day against Chiefs? Yeah. Who do you think it is? Like, because I have an opinion. 
Uh, who do you think the worst one is? Is it including yeah. Chris Hubbard? It is including Chris Hubbard. Um, <clears throat> geez, um, that's a tough one. I mean, the, the gut instinct is to go with Hubbard because of uh, things didn't necessarily go all that great once he entered the game. However, mm-hmm. if I had to guess who was the worst one, I'm going to go with Jedrick Wills. Okay, so I don't know in terms of overall stats, but I know to my eye test, Wyatt Teller looked awful. Wyatt Teller looked horrible. They were attacking him a healthy chunk of the game, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to say, like, Remember last year how we were so successful running the ball to that inside right? Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Like, no, not at all. At it, all. It, and they ran it everywhere else. Even when Hubbard came in or when Wills was in, they were able to run it to the left. Chubb had like two huge carries to mm-hmm. the left. And, and full disclosure, the, right. the reason I chose Wills because uh, Wills decided to uh, dunk on PFF on Twitter for uh, their ability to grade offensive line play. It was hilarious, though. I was he, like, yeah, you know what? He's probably right. <laughs> so that, that's the only reason that I, I chose Wills uh, was mm-hmm. because of that. So shout out Jedrick Wills doing uh, yeah. doing the people's work, dunking on PFF and their ability to great offensive line play. Um, <clears throat> I thought that was the quite funniest entertaining. Thing, if you look at that tweet, like there's actually a few people that work for PFF that like the tweet, mm-hmm. which I think was just amazing. Yeah. Um, but... But, no, I mean, I, I don't know what the PFF grades say. I, I did not do that research before the game. I don't know, or before the podcast. I don't know, like, what the overall stats would say. To my eye test, Wyatt Teller looked like we may have a problem. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, thinking back, um, Wyatt Teller was not very impressive. And Conklin um, looked good. They ran an off-tackle quite a bit. Yeah, but... But why, they did not run inside. Maybe that was scheme. Maybe I wasn't seeing it right. Like, maybe that was intentional. I just find that hard to believe. Like, I find it hard to believe that, like, the run game that the Chiefs still didn't really have an answer for, you just decided, oh, no, we're not going to run the area of the field where we were most successful doing it last year. Uh, just a, a quick thought. Any chance they were trying to expose the absence of Frank Clark in the game? I mean, maybe, but... It seems like, like a very specific thing that seems more like a Madden strategy than a real strategy, right? Yeah, well, and, like, again, like, this offense, like, it, it, the Browns call a run play, but it still is up, especially when it's an outside zone. Mm-hmm. Chubb has to make the three reads, Yeah, right? So, like, it doesn't matter what play the Browns are calling. If it's outside zone, Chubb's reading the field, and, like... Mm-hmm. Chubb's best asset as a runner, it's not his strength, which is incredible. It's not his ability to break 12 tackles, um, I, I, like, once a game. Like, th- those are great. He's elusive. He's strong. It's his ability to make the right read. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry. I don't believe for a second that Chubb decided he was not going to run right. Uh, unless, like, the Chiefs were stacking that part of the line, which I did not see. It's possible, but that, to my eye, was not what was happening. I I think Teller was getting beat, and I think Chubb wasn't running that direction because of that. You're probably right. I believe you're and right And Baker there. got sacked, or got pressured at least, from that spot at least once, because mm-hmm. it was in the second quarter. Yeah. 
I mean, um, uh, I'm glad a lot of the preemptive uh, contract extensions for a right guard did not happen. Um, again, victory lap. Um, <laughs> sorry, taking victory laps when I can because uh, I I got to see nothing but victory laps last year, so it's my turn. Um, <clears throat> so here we go with that. Uh, now I guess let's let's talk about Baker because Baker we're gonna have. Uh, we're going to have some positives, then I guess this would be a, a way to transition to the negative portion of things, I guess, because there's also some negatives, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with Baker's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, uh, I thought he played well, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the plays he was asked to execute, he executed, which, again, uh, credit to Kevin Stefanski for calling uh, a very good game and uh, a perfect game, uh, essentially, in the first half going into the second half when things kind of unraveled. But Baker Mayfield, for the most part, played well. Um, I would say above average. Good, not great. What, whatever way you want to put it. Um, the the same familiar issues that we have with Baker Mayfield, again, showed up. Uh, there are a couple times where he was under center or even just on, on a straight drop back where he couldn't see the receiver directly in front of him because everyone's too mm-hmm. tall in front of him. Um, there were several times throughout the game where he could have threw it hot to the running back off to the left, and he simply didn't even acknowledge that was an option. Uh, th- those would have provided huge catch-and-run gains, but he didn't even look over there. And that's something he has to acknowledge. He has to be able to read the defense and be like, hey, they all dropped back. My running back who's running over the left is going to be wide open. I should throw over there. That just didn't happen. So that that's where I'm at. He, he did well for the most part, but there's just those little things that just keep popping up fairly consistently, which are problematic. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I think Baker picked, and I mean this in a good way, he picked up where he left off last season. Yes. And, and again, I mean this in a good way. I think he played very well especially given who they were going up against and like the pressure just on the opposing quarterback to continue to have to score i think baker played well Mm -hmm. um especially in the first half yes i think and i'm gonna go back to this because i even stand by this honestly through the whole game uh, especially in the first half i think definitely in the third quarter i think fourth quarter a little bit less but again i i can't tell like if that's it and i get let me say what I'm going to say and then I'll say why I can't tell um a lot of the reason I think Baker looked really good was Kevin Stefanski mm-hmm. I think Kevin Stefanski has gotten used to Baker mm-hmm. in a good way yeah I, I mean like I think like he has really figured out how to make Baker Baker's best self mm-hmm. um there were a lot of plays like we actually did a few there was a few times we ran motion and I was like man that was smart Mm-hmm. Because it gave Baker the pre-snap read. Or there was a few times, like, once the Chiefs picked up on Schwartz, like, on the play-action boot, they would, like, put him in man. And that gave Baker the read pre-snap. Yeah. And I think that was great play calling. I don't necessarily... I, I wouldn't say that is, like, Baker played out of his mind because that I don't think that had much to do with Baker. But yeah. with that said... I don't – so unlike – like here's where I think Baker's improved most over the past year and a half. 
there aren't throws he can't make anymore. I'm not saying he makes every one, but it feels like he's learned how to make every one mm-hmm. and he can do them. And I, I don't think that's small. Like, I think that was something in the Freddie Kitchens year that was a real problem was that Baker couldn't make all the throws you need an NFL quarterback to make. And I think especially in the first half, he made all of those throws. Um, so I think that was good. I think Baker picked up where he left off. I think if Baker improves from this point to like how he did towards the end of last season or to the second half of last season, where it's just like, even though we were so pretty critical of him, like mm-hmm. he was a different quarterback in the second half of the season than he was the first half. Yeah. And I, again, I think like that can happen. I don't think this was like the Bengals games last year where the numbers lied about his performance. Like, I think like he played well with that said, my problem with Baker is, and I think always will be, he's got to be able to do better post-snap. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, he can make pre-snap reads fine. We yeah. knew that coming out of college. Baker, that's always been a strength of Baker, and it's become a real strength under Stepanski. We know he can do that. Mm-hmm. It is when Steve Spagnola runs what ostensibly amounts to show's zone, and then blitzes or vice versa, like simple coverage disguises, but where like he does it in a way like the Chiefs, like the Browns will do something to diagnose the coverage. And the Chiefs only do this like once or twice a half, but they go with it, right? So they say, okay, they're trying to see if we're in man. And then they're if we are, they're going to man beater on us. And only once or twice a game, they'll go with it, right? So they'll show man, then they'll drop in a zone. Um, and that's what happened on the last play on the interception. Um, where Baker was, he, Baker said, and I think as you pointed out, um, even if I don't 100% agree, like maybe he wasn't trying to throw it away. Um, mm-hmm. But whatever happened, Browns did a change of play at the, or like at, like Stefanski was still in Baker's ear. They changed the play a little bit. Uh, Chiefs show that they're running zone. And so Baker thinks, He's going to just throw the zone beater. Baker realizes post-snap that's not what's happening and that the Chiefs are, like, doing this delayed blitz. But he doesn't, like, just, and again, it was one bad play where the processing just didn't happen fast enough. But, like, as as much as I've said the Chiefs are a good defense, and I think Spagnuolo's a great defensive coordinator, like, we're going to play better defenses this year. And yeah. those better defenses are going to be able to do a lot more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs also didn't have Honey Badger, who, like, that's a problem for Baker, like that type of safety. You know, like, I, so I think Baker played well. I am not disappointed or anything in his performance. What I will say is I think his inability to kind of make those instant post-snap diagnoses limits what Kevin Stefanski can call. And I think Kevin Stefanski knows it. And I'm not saying Kevin Stefanski couldn't have been better because he could have. But that's a problem. And it's not an unfixable problem or anything. But but right now, as it currently stands, I think the biggest reason we aren't as good as the Chiefs is Baker's not in the same stratosphere of, its, of a quarterback as Pat Mahomes is. Yeah, and you're right. And to, and to just go back uh, to that interception he threw. It's just, 
Maybe I just need to see a different angle of the play. It just looks like a throw I've seen Baker attempt or make many, many times, and that's being on the run throwing a, 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 just an absolute bullet to a, a receiver right on the line where either his receiver's going to catch it or it's going to go on a straight line out of bounds. And that's right. just what it looks like because you see Harrison Bryant just for like a split second before the throw actually gets thrown. And he's in front of the defensive back, and he's basically got him like posted up like he's a center in basketball. Okay. Where yeah. the only one who's going to be able to get that ball is Harrison Bryant. It's when he gets mm-hmm. tripped up by Dan Sorensen that becomes that little lollipop that you see the defender run around Harrison Bryant and eventually intercept the ball. Mm-hmm. So that's just as my read from like yeah, the one I- clip that I saw, but maybe it's a different. Maybe it's different if I see a different angle. But that's just from what I saw when the play happened live and when I've watched it back more and more, that's the read I get just because I've seen Baker attempt and make that throw so many times. Right. Part of it is like we've seen this happen before. And so there's reason to be skeptical of him. Like, I guess for me, my view is I think there may be a little, like on his end, it may be like a little bit telling a half truth, truth, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I think when his leg gets wrapped up, he didn't mean to throw it out of bounds. I think he was throwing that ball before his leg got wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, like it wasn't like the leg got wrapped up and he changed his line of sight or even changed where his body was angled. Mm-hmm. So I think he was going to throw that throw. And because he gets so much power out of his lower body, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not critiquing that at all. Like that's what makes Russell Wilson so special. Yeah. Um, but but because of that, I think like what the difference is is Russell Wilson is really good at anticipating pressure, mm-hmm. and Baker is not as good at it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think to me, what ended up happening is yes, he was he wasn't sure what he's going to do. Feels pressure on his leg, knows he's going down, so just tries his best to get it out of bounds. But because his body's already geared towards Harrison Bryant, right? Like everything about that plays geared towards it at that point, the ball becomes pickable very mm-hmm. easily. Um, I, I guess like my issue is just beyond that play. Like, let's just talk about beyond that play. Like yeah. the offense really stagnated. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't like, I know Nick Chubb had the fumble and I know you have a point on that, that I think is fair. I don't think the fumble is why they lost the game. And I think, I'll let you say your line here really quickly, and then I'll jump back to the point. Uh, it's not why they lost the game. I just think that's the moment that they lost the game. Right, right. I agree with that, and I think that's a like a, one of those hot nuance takes on Twitter that we don't see. Uh, I, I mean that just referring to mm-hmm. specifically one person on Twitter that has blamed the loss, again, big account, uh, blamed loss on Kevin Stefanski and Nick Chubb. Because you know what? maybe it's opposite day in some places and mm-hmm. that like arguably the two most important people that kept us in the game or ha- gave us the lead are also why we lost it. I don't know. But um, point being like there were mo- like beyond that play, there were times where like the Browns offense was just not like we had like, I think it was two straight three and outs mm-hmm. and it was just like Kevin Stefanski was calling like he couldn't do like, Andy Reid can call these nine-step dropbacks, 
right? Because Pat Mahomes can make those throws. So I'm not saying like if a quarterback can't have a not execute a nine step drop back, they suck. Like that's not true. Mm-hmm. But like Baker can't really do any long pass. Like I don't mean like he can't throw deep, but like he can't do like the really long developing yeah, five step drop. Yeah, like he can't do it. That's not what and that limits you especially mm-hmm. against a defense like the Chiefs that is just so good at playing prevent defense. Mm-hmm. Like, it does. That limits you. Because, like, how do teams break prevent defense? They let the play develop long where they can finally get one of the guys in the secondary out of position. Mm-hmm. And the Browns can't do that. Like, that, we until Baker can develop that to a consistent level, the Browns can't run those plays. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw the Steelers do that for the longest time, they would just let plays go long enough. And then, you know, Heinz Ward or whoever would just break off a pass and come back to the quarterback or get, find an open space or a soft spot in the zone, catch the ball. And it would just be like, well, shit, how did that happen again? <laughs> yep. It, yep. It, that's just, that's just what the Steelers did for the longest time. So whether it was, you know, uh, a Heinz Ward or a Santonio Holmes or even Antonio Brown or it was it was the same story, just different players involved every time, and it well, was and mostly because it was the same idea, quarterback. Like, I don't want to hear this idea like, oh well, Baker's strength is throwing the ball quickly. Like, yeah, I agree, he's really good at throwing the ball quickly. Uh, you know who like the second best quick ball thrower of the past twenty years is after Drew Brees? It's Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. So like, just because you're really good at throwing the ball quickly, doesn't mean you also cannot execute these long developing plays and that's where baker struggles and it's not it, i shouldn't say he can't do it i just don't think he's particularly great at it yeah i, I don't i don't think he's necessarily that's one or of his goods yeah he hasn't no. done it yet maybe I mean, it's a weakness it's a weakness yeah to me that's one of his biggest weaknesses it, i mean it absolutely is it really is um but I'm trying to remember. Do you remember at any point in the game where Baker threw a pass into the end zone? Um, no, because weren't all the catches uh, touchdowns like yaks? Uh, well, he had no passing touchdowns. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then so the, 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 the answer is no, he didn't throw it in the end zone. I, I don't remember a single throw into the end zone. Maybe there was... Uh, you, there's throws that were end zone, clo- you know, adjacent. Um, may not have been completed, but I don't remember ones that were actually into the end zone, which I think is something to watch on moving forward. Maybe that was just specific for this game, but it was kind of interesting to see him not attempt a single pass into the end zone. I don't remember him ever not passing the ball into the end zone. Yeah, that was weird. What I will say is I think the Browns have the Chiefs. uh, I think the Chiefs do have a weakness in the run game. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I think the Browns kind of have it figured out. Because, again, this is not a terrible run defense. Mm -hmm. But, and, like, there was, like, a noticeable difference in, like, the amount of counters the Browns called. Yeah. Against the Chiefs. And I wonder, does it have something... Like, the Browns ran counter a lot last year. They didn't run it a lot in that last game mm-hmm. against the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, this game, we ran it all the time. And, like, 
I can't. I haven't watched closely enough to figure out was there, or I haven't read anything online that's pointed out. But like, I think the Browns figured something out, and maybe that played a role in it. <laughs> um, and if that's true, they figured something out. That's great news, right? Because even if the Chiefs adjust, that adjustment will be predictable, is my guess, and yeah. that will be something else open. <laughs> so like, that's why finding that out early in the season is so useful. Yeah. Um, so, so I do think they figured something out, and I don't know if that had something to do with it. You know who I will say, like, I, I thought actually did a decent job blocking, and I cannot believe I'm going to say this. Like, I thought Njoku actually, like, did a decent job blocking. Not good, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't think the Chiefs are prepared for him to be, like, uh, average blocker for a tight end. Yeah, um, I mean, and I think that's what he looks like. I don't think that will be repeated all season. No, um, but like, <laughs> credit where it's due. Yeah, um, I think he did better yesterday. He did. Or two days ago, he did do better in, in the blocking uh, department. He did have uh, the long uh, catch in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one more aspect I wanted to uh, touch on on Baker before we touch on a couple defensive things. Um, and I, I pointed this out to you uh, this morning on Twitter. Uh, yes, he threw for 321 yards. He completed 21, 28 passes. Uh, but two things about that. Uh, 180 of those yards were yards after the catch. So literally uh, yards he had no responsibility for. Um, the other being an interesting aspect, just overall performance-wise, uh, seven of their pass plays were on play action, and he averaged almost 20 yards uh, per play on those. Uh, the other 21 plays, it was just under nine yards per play. So, I mean, for all the people that like to say that he's not better in play action, and why don't they just do straight dropbacks more, that's exactly why. They should honestly do more play action. But, yeah, uh, I mean... <clears throat> Listen, I think one area where analytics is dead on point is that play action is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think, like, generally speaking, most NFL quarterbacks are better at it outside mm-hmm. of the elite of the elite. I also think Kevin Stefanski is one of the best play, play action schemers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Baker's not a great just pure drop back quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that... Baker on play action may actually be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Um, Baker not on play action, I think is, I won't even say. Um, I, I, I think there are limits, like serious limits. Um, I, the, the yards per just a play on that mm-hmm. honestly speaks volumes. It's, well, it's, it's over like, twice as much. This, this is what you and I have been saying for over a year now. This is mm-hmm. why Nick Chubb is so important. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have Nick Chubb, teams aren't going to take your play action. They're not going to bite. Mm-hmm. They're not going to bite if you don't have Nick Chubb. Yeah. And we know that because there was four games last year without Nick Chubb. And guess what teams stopped doing? They stopped biting on play action. Yeah. So, like, that is why the Browns extended Nick Chubb. Because I think the Browns deep down know, maybe not even deep down, they know, like... The, they Baker may not even improve that much, and they may be stuck with him, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that that is kind of like beyond like what is the smart thing to do to win a title, 
right? In which case, like, to be honest, the smart thing for, like, basically 25 teams to do every year is to draft a new quarterback mm-hmm. um, or try to find a new quarterback somehow. Um, but but I think for, like, just general, like, fan standpoint, I think that a big thing for the Brown like, the Browns may get stuck with him, right? Because the Browns aren't going to want to rebuild. Um, and, I, like, the part that sucks, like, they may have to extend Baker even if they know Baker's not the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, ideally, you get him on a good extension, right? Not, like, a thing that, like, ties you down forever. But the Browns knew that, which is why they extended Nick Chubb. Because, yeah. the, like, the only way this guy's going to be a successful NFL quarterback is the threat of play action. Or the threat of the run, setting up play action. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Like, it's that simple. That, yep. uh, Baker's a very, very, maybe he's not top five, but I think there's not a doubt in my mind that he's top ten at it in the NFL, uh, is a play action quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's what he's good at. And there's a lot to that, but, like, it, simply put, that's what he's best at. And there's a gap. Yeah, there is a, so there is I a think large... you're right. I think you're right. And part of him being that good at it, and part of that gap is I think Kevin Stefanski is that good at scheming play action. Mm-hmm. But but like it's a unit, right? And as a unit, that's what Baker's best at. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on the yards after catch uh, number I threw at you? Yeah, I mean. Again, not terribly surprising to me. Like Jarvis Landry, I think had a few big gains. I think that, um, the, obviously Schwartz, the running backs. I, I don't know. To me, like, like the Forty ers um, that is how you win without a perfect quarterback. Yeah, like that's how you dominate in the pass game. And... So if the Browns can figure out a way to do that every game, I think we'll be in a much better spot than we were last year. Yeah, and I think that those numbers will only increase with the reintroduction of Odell Beckham into this offense. Um, <clears throat> considering, you know, some of the best plays you see out of Odell Beckham, just catching a, a simple slant and making a guy miss, then going for 60 yards. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> so, uh, let's shift over to the defense real quick. Um, I mentioned it earlier, I'm going to bring it up again. Um, <clears throat> Ronnie Harrison... Um, not defending his choice to shove the assistant coach back, but uh, he was not stepping on that guy before he got shoved by uh, Chiefs assistant coach Greg Lewis. Um, yes. it, it looked like it from like not paying attention. Like, oh my god, he's stepping on there. But then you like look at him like, no, he's just trying to catch his balance. And Greg Lewis didn't know what was happening, so he decided to get involved. Um, yeah. <clears throat> again, not defending his choice to shove him back, but at the same time, if the other guy is dumb enough to shove you and you're wearing a whole bunch of protective equipment to, I don't know, absorb hits from other guys running 20 miles an hour, I mean, the other guy's not making a a smart choice to begin with. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I, I don't know. I, I, I like Ronnie Harrison. Um, I do still think what he did was dumb. Mm-hmm. 
but mm-hmm. it wasn't dumb like Mac Wilson trying to murder Pat Mahomes was dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that coach probably should have gotten kicked out of the game, although I don't think it has much of an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the defense with Ronnie Harrison in it looks better. Yeah. Do I think if Ronnie Harrison does get kicked out of the game, that changes the outcome of the game in any way? No, not at all. Yeah. Because that's what, that wasn't where the Saints were beating the defense. The Browns did a good job in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Like, we slowed down Tyreek Hill, and we really slowed down Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. It's not where we lost, right? Like, we lost on the edges. Um, so I don't think Ronnie Harrison helps much there. Yeah, so... Again, not defending Ronnie Harrison's choice. I don't think he should have been ejected. I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, and if you're going to eject him, eject the assistant coach for the Chiefs, too. Uh, they were, I mean, if you're going to do one, do the other. If you're not going to do one, don't do the other. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I just think it's yeah. it should be an equal thing, not just oh, oh selective. The, co- the coach should have been suspended. Uh, n- neither the player or, su- or coach are suspended, so it's... Yeah, right. But I I do think the coach should be suspended. Yeah, I mean, do I think what... To be honest, do I think what either of them did to each other was that dangerous? No. Yeah. Like, I no, I don't. Um, But I do think that... Yeah, I think it has to go both ways. Um, Let's see. There was one other uh, defensive thing. I wanted to bring up that I was not necessarily Mac Wilson being a terrible linebacker still. Uh, yep, that's what it was. <clears throat> How is he still? I didn't even team? know that. Like we didn't even have a script. Uh, <laughs> that was just a, that was a hypothesis. Uh, Mac Wilson's still a terrible NFL linebacker. Uh, yeah, he he is. Um... JOK had a few like plays where it's like, okay, he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. But there was a few plays JOK had. It was like, okay. Like the, the delayed blitz they ran, I think it was the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, where he didn't get the sack, but he got the pressure. Like, it's like, okay. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a linebacker, one. Two, he's starting. He better be starting next week. Yeah. I, I definitely think he is. Uh, it's probably, it's probably going to be the... JOK and uh, Anthony Walker. Um, but yeah, Mac Wilson. Walker looked good, by Wa- the way. Walker did look good. Uh, Mac Wilson, um, he played 22 snaps. That's 22 too many. Um, yeah, there wasn't one snap he had where I was like, oh, he didn't have an effect on the play. There was also not a snap he had where I thought, oh, the effect he had on a play was positive. <laughs> like he was a negative on every one of those 22 snaps. Mm-hmm. Every one. And, you know, that. even though, you know, Malcolm Smith or Taki Taki didn't necessarily have the best games, I would have rather seen more of those guys than Mac Wilson. Oh, um, do you remember a few years ago where, like, uh, the Cavs signed Darren Williams, and then in the finals, like, every time he turned entered the court, the Warriors' eyes lit up, and they were mm-hmm. like, oh, we got some free buckets here. Yeah. That's what the Chiefs were like whenever Mac Wilson was on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Uh, and my, I guess, final negative thing to for all this uh, Jamie Gillen's botched punt, um, I'm overall just confused why he didn't just try and, like, rugby-style punt that thing instead of trying to be a hero. Um, 
he had time to pick the ball up and punt it. Even if it would have been some rugby-style punt that only went 25 yards, he could have done something. Um, not that it cost the Browns the game, because the, the Chiefs were going to score regardless uh, at that moment in time. You just gave him a shorter field to do so. But that that's really my last, I guess, negative aspect from this game was that botched punt. Yeah, I, I mean... It, the Browns backers, we were kind of joking in the first half where I was kind of like, you know what the Browns shouldn't do at all? Kick kick the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, if there was ever time to just embrace analytics, like, at least, like, all the way to the degree where, like, you go for two pretty much every time and you go for it on, like, fourth and two pretty much every time. Not every time, but pretty much mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, it was that game. Um, and not that the Jamie Gillen punt fit that narrative at all but mm-hmm. um yeah i i just i don't know i i am i've never been a big mike prefer fan for both the social reasons but also i just don't think he's a particularly great special teams coach um i think there's a little bit too much like jamie gillen has to think about every time he punts the ball mm-hmm. um and i don't know if that's jamie gillen wants to do that or if he's told to do that but either way he that should not be the case Right, like, mm-hmm. just rugby style kick it. Like you're you were at good enough field position where that's fine. Like even if the rugby style punt bo- gets botched, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. I I just don't think Prefer is that good of a coach. I think that's why we keep going through kickers and punters, especially kickers. Yeah, I, I don't think that's necessarily a coincidence. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of kickers, uh. Chase McLaughlin uh, looked fine. Uh, yeah, he looked fine. Yeah, you yeah. know what? He'll look fine for the next few weeks. Then he'll miss a few field goals, and then they'll cut him. They'll resign Cody Parkey, uh, or they'll they'll turn to the guy who they activated off the practice squad, who has um, the last name of Nagger. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I saw that one. Oof. Yeah, no. Yep. Lots of. Uh, Lots of comments about that. I'll leave it at that. But, um, yeah. So, they they called him up and they, they had him as a backup just in case McLaughlin couldn't go. Or if his, whatever he had was that he was dealing with flared up, they had a, a kicker to go with. Uh, he's you know probably the next man up. mad about that, though? Like, there's seriously something that makes me mad about that. What is that? Is that the Browns could have kept Kadero Hodge. Like, clearly they don't have that much faith in McLaughlin. <laughs> McLaughlin. I was pronouncing it. Like, right? Like, yeah. You don't have that much faith in him. So just cut him, keep Hodge, put the guys on the DL, or the, sorry, the DL, the IR. Yeah. And then sign a new fucking kicker. <laughs> yeah. Like, they could have done that. Like, they absolutely could Your could've. faith in this guy wasn't that high. Mm-hmm. So that's my only issue with it. But yeah, he was fine. Yeah. It was fine. I, I don't know. I don't think Prefer's particularly good. I think some of those, like, kick returns and punt returns, like, obviously there was the really bad one, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they're coached that well. They're not. Like, I don't even think DPJ should be returning the, these things anymore, but, like, I also don't think DPJ is that as bad of a returner as he's looked for over a year. Like, I don't think that. Like, that's not possible to me. 
I think Prefers are really bad. I, you know what? Woods definitely showed me something. And I think it's to like, there are like serious NFL minds that like Joe Woods. And I think it gets to that, which is like Joe Woods may not be a guy that can make a bad defense look good or even a mediocre defense look good, but he is a guy that can make a good defense look great. Mm-hmm. And like, we saw a little flash of that. Yeah. This week. Um, I don't know what Prefer does well. He doesn't. I mean, like, he makes derogatory comments, like, the best of them, but, <laughs> like, beyond that, like, I don't, I don't know what he does well, man. Like, he just, I, and listen, special teams is kind of random chance anyways, so, like, it, what does it, it is. really matter? Yeah. But, like, there are at least coaches, you're like, okay, they're not a net negative special teams coach. And I feel like he's a net negative special teams coach. He's been a net negative. We thought we were getting rid of a net negative for at least someone who was just you know, neutral. He's yeah. also net negative. Um, yep. Uh, and any final thoughts before we wrap things up here? Um, mine's basically like they played better than I thought they would. Uh, they kept the game a lot more competitive than I thought they would. They had a chance to win. They didn't. I expected them to lose going in. They kept it close. Yep. I, I mean, to me, like my honest, like the hot take, that I made last episode, the Browns were going to win the Super, or we're going to. I said they were going to win. Did you, I say win or go? You said go. I said go. I still think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, and again, part of that's just like blind faith, fan optimism. But like generally speaking, like I did not see one thing that was like, oh, that's a glaring red flag. Um, I don't think this is a team that can beat both the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, or the Chiefs. I know the Packers played like crap, but like. I, I have to imagine that gets resolved and between mm-hmm. Packers, Saints, Rams, Buccaneers. Like, I don't think the Browns team can beat the Chiefs and then one of those guys. I think, like, just eventually, like, numbers come back to bite you in the butt. Um, like, you can only get so lucky. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I'm very happy with the performance. I think the biggest fear we had going into the game is the biggest fear we walk away with, which is how does Baker continue to develop where he is not a Jared Goff? Yeah. And I think he's better than that, but like, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like can, how can you win a Super Bowl with this guy in a way that doesn't take Nick Foles being big dick, Nick to, <laughs> for it to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, because like Baker's not going to be like that again. Like, Baker's kind of like he varies a lot even within a game, but it's not like that. We're like Nick Foles is like a genuinely terrible quarterback who like like it's like the Hulk. It's like you won't like him when he's angry. Mm-hmm. Because like every once in a while, like he and like Ryan Fitzpatrick's another guy just like play out of their mind. Baker's never that bad. He's also like never that good. Uh so I don't think Baker's going to do that. Um so, so the question to me is, like, how can you overcome it? I think Stefanski, for two to three quarters, depending on your perspective, showed that he could do it. But, like, for that to happen, Kevin Stefanski needs to be 100% perfect. And that is a burden that I just don't think uh, any coach, even a Bill Belichick or an Andy Reid, can do throughout a playoffs, throughout an entire postseason. I just don't think that can happen. Yeah, what... There is no margin for error, and unfortunately, for a team to actually achieve all of their hopes and dreams and, you know, 
not only get into the playoffs or to the Super Bowl, but win it, is you need a little bit of margin for error. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's not like Kevin Stefanski in the playoffs is going to be coaching against you and me out there, right? Yeah. Like, it's Andy Reid. It's Bill Belichick. It, I mean, I, it could be Bill Belichick. It, it could be It could it, be Brian Flores. It could be... It could be uh, Brian... Like, these are Brandon Staley. good... Right. These are good NFL coaches. Like, they're really, really good. They are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And... Guess what? Every once in a while, they're going to have Kevin Spansky beat on a player too. Mm-hmm. That That's what it's going to be. And it, that doesn't mean Kevin Spansky is bad. It doesn't even mean Kevin Spansky isn't an unreal. Like, I think he is. I think he's an unreal offensive coordinator. But but asking him to be 100% perfect is not an achievable burden. It's like the Jose Mourinho teams, like, where, like, part of the reason why Mourinho, like, has these giant crashes in Premier League is that, like, Mourinho's entire strategy, his entire career, is that Mourinho has to be perfect. And if he's perfect, his teams will dominate. And just eventually, he's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different in soccer versus football, but like I think for the Browns, like to beat a team like the Chiefs, Kevin Spansky needs to be perfect. And if he's 95% perfect, that won't be enough. Yeah, And that's a problem. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that uh, <laughs> that last point. And just to, to comment on, their, you know, he's going up against uh, real coaches. He's not just going up against some of the slapdicks you find out on Twitter who just right. be like, oh, pass the ball all the time, or they should be running this defense, or they're using too many linebackers. It's it, it's not those guys, okay? And there's a reason. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to throw this guy up because, like, he's just been, like, bad take or bad take this weekend, and, like, I, I don't mean this in an offensive way, but, like, Sam Penix, like, the the past, like, 72 hours, like, each take is, like, progressively worse than the last. So, like, at the end of the first half, it was that Jarvis Landry's playing way too many snaps, and why isn't Rashard Higgins playing? At the end of the game, it was that Nick Chubb lost the Browns the game. Then we went real galaxy-brained. And then it wasn't just that Nick Chubb lost the Browns the game. It was that Nick Chubb lost the Browns the game, and Kevin Stefanski really lost the Browns the game because he ran the ball with Nick Chubb too much. And then today, he like came back, right? He had 24 hours, he took a breather, and then he came back, and then he was like, oh, and by the way, the Browns should run a defense with no linebackers, and I think they can do it every play. And like it seems legit, and it'll be Jadavian Clowney as defensive tackle with no linebackers behind him. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, at which <laughs> point I like pulled up on my phone. I did like the thing on the iPhone where you get all your screens up, and I closed out of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that that last one. Uh, you didn't think it could possibly get worse, but there it is. It got worse. No, I I honestly like, part of me thinks like I just am like missing the sarcastic trolling that's going on here, like. Because I think he's like not a dumb guy, um, and those takes like are just all terrible. Like they're all terrible. They, so, like, I can't. They're literally the complete opposite of everything that we would be doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I feel. I wish like we could have a game of like. Did you ever play the game Football Manager? It's like soccer and it's like FIFA, except like you don't actually like I'm play familiar. controls. You just yeah. So like you play as like the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, it's a really great AI that's actually, like, they've done, like, testing in their Premier League. It's actually really realistic. Um, I wish they had that for the NFL, and we could just do it against Sam Penix. 
they, they really did for they did for a minute. It was called NFL head coach. It only lasted one year and it flopped. Well, we gotta okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I think we both have pretty good careers going for us at this point in our lives. I think we should quit them and bring back NFL head coach. <laughs> yes, like make it perfect. I think that's our next step. That is the next step. Uh, uh, anyways. That is definitely what we should be doing. That is going to be what I'm going to focus all of my attention and effort on is bringing back the failed NFL head coach franchise from Listen, EA this, Sports. This podcast has been real. It's been fun, but but we got we got bigger fish to fry right now. Yeah, NFL uh, head coach. For, forget Bill Cowher going to being on the cover. It's going to be me and you, uh, yep. in our basement with headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> talking to a podcast mic. Remember, like, the old, like, Ready to Rumble games? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, the, the covers would have, like, two different people on it. It'll be, like, you and me on one side versus Pete Smith and Sam Penix on the other. Yep. That, that's and the that's cover. And that's the cover. That is the cover. the cover. Yep. Done. Yep. And with that, I think that's a good place to wrap this episode up. <laughs> it's, it's getting late. We're getting off the rails. But, uh, like always... Subscribe, share, comment, tell your friends. If you're not, it's ceiling. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor. This is Believe.com, RealBrownsFans.com. <laughs>